Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another installment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and weirdgeeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced and no infringement is intended. Riders on the storm Riders on the storm into this house Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome to We Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in a classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and joining us in the second, what do we call this, like the second era of our road pursuit slashes, we're done with the hitcher, we're moving on into a new trilogy. Act two. Joyride. That, that would work better. Act two. Uh, it's Christina Masterson. Hi. And Heaven DeVera. Am I supposed Hello? to say hi? <laughs> She's like, hi. oh yeah, that's me. We're dealing with Joyride, came out in 2001, gets a 6.6 out of 10 on the old IMDb's. But if you're new to us, hello, welcome. Please head on out to iTunes, head on out onto your podcast, on your app, on your phone, on your Blackberry, and subscribe. Rate. It helps us out a whole damn bunch. We don't... <laughs> look at you both. I can see you both thinking right now. Because we do all of this for free. We don't do patrons. We don't do banner ads. And by the love of Paul Walker, RIP, we're not going to try and sell you any... Seatbelts. Did it. Well, to be fair, fuckers in this film don't wear seatbelts either. What the hell is wrong with the world? Everyone wears some seatbelts. We should sell you insurance is what we should sell you. (laughs) Last week was insane with (laughs) seatbelts. Absolutely insane. Like, I mean, there's no insurance going to bring you back from some of these things. Okay, so here we are. We have left behind the Hitcher. Now we're just dealing with the effect that the Hitcher has had. Like I said, there's a whole bunch of single shot movies that dealt with stuff. There's a film called Hush from the UK. There's a film just called The Car that came out after Jewel. And I'll be talking about them in the wrap-up. But we want to go to Titus Olof with the trilogy. And I hope, again, I don't know, we haven't talked. I have no idea if you all like this movie before. None of you have seen this film before, right? It's just me who's seen this? No, I haven't seen it. There we go. I mean, I was. I hope you're going to be able to see why I was so happy last week when we did the Hitcher remake with the setup that was with that, with the boyfriend going to pick up his girlfriend from college and then heading out onto the road and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, I forgot what this is like. It makes me very excited to tie this into Joyride next week because Joyride ah. is 100% taking all of those elements and like mixing them together. Albeit this came out before. This was six years before the Hitcher remake, which oh. I think is quite phenomenal to think of that this has been out for six years before they did that hitcher remake and that's the story they went with in that hitcher remake but anyway i see where you're coming from now see where I'm i see from. Mm-hmm. all the dots before we get into the movie though we do like to look at the year that was 2001 a year when all of us will have some vague recollections and memories maybe not heaven she was I remember. very drunk very drunk that year heaven was i was four was a wild time <laughs> So I can't even, I don't want to, again, I'm not saying how old I was then, but it's deeply upsetting to me that you were four years old. <laughs> upsetting. Okay, who's got the top 10 worldwide grossing me. movies of 2001? Christina, she's so excited about it. <laughs> it was a millennium. We were moving into, we're just, we've beaten Y2K, Christina. Do you remember that, don't you? You remember the Yeah, fear? I do. I do remember that. <laughs> we made it. I we do. fucking made it through. Uh... Heaven looks very confused. 
You knew about that, didn't you? Haven't everyone thought the world was going to end? Yeah, because your computers couldn't. Yeah. All the planes were going to fall out of the sky, Heaven. That's legitimately what people thought were going to happen. Yep. Damn, if you guys made it through the computers not crashing, guess we could make it through anything. I guess. We can ride out this COVID. We can make it through this. Uh, I will say COVID is slightly more of a threat than people thinking that the clocks were just not going to wind on properly to the year uh, 2000. I would say so. Wow. Wow. Are you guys ready? Although, weirdly, I think people were more alarmed with that. But I'm yeah, prepared. we're ready. We're ready for the top 10. Christina, give it. <laughs> Number 10. We have. I just want to hang out, Hammond. I just want to hear Heaven. Um, I'm not going to give my opinion on any of these films. I want you two to give your opinions because every what? week. No. Come on. This is going to go so quickly. List, don't you? What? Do you not know the movies on this list, Christina? You can scan it now. You barely. Barely. Do I? Oh, it's fine. The question is, is, do I remember them? No, that's true. You remember <laughs> nothing. My memory right. is really bad. Fine. I'll just speak for you. I'll say your opinion on each of these films. Okay. <laughs> Number 10, we have, which I think you would have a lot of opinions about, Hannibal. I'm going to say that Christina would not love this movie, but would enjoy certain elements of it, and certain elements would make her giggle other than the brain-eating scene. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember it. No, I know you don't. That's what I'm telling you. This is I what, have these to are my impressions it. for how you would feel with each of these films. Okay, this is great. What about Heaven? I think he had a nice Chianti, perhaps, in the film. I mean, I guess. I guarantee it. And, I, and that's some pigs. Opinion. That's all I have to offer right now. <laughs> Number nine, which I definitely didn't watch, is Planet of the Apes. Oh, I did watch that. Good for them. This is, no, but this is a Tim Burton one. Oh, this is the Tim kidding. Burton remake with Mark Wahlberg. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to say Christina would not enjoy this movie. Probably not. <laughs> Number eight, we have Jurassic Park 3. Uh, again, I'm not saying my opinion on it. I'm saying uh, Christina would think this is a silly movie, but would have some fun with it. Wait, didn't we watch Jurassic Park? No. No. Yeah, in England, we watched Jurassic Park. Oh, maybe. Did we do three? Oh, because we went to Jurassic World, so we watched three just before. Well, did, did we? we watch three or did we watch one? What did three we is watch? the one with like quite a great cast. You got a really young Vince Vaughn in there. Uh, you got, what's her name? That phenomenal, oh, Julian Moore is in it. I feel oh, like wow. we watched all of them. That does sound like something we would do. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy Jurassic Parks. There you go. Yeah. Fun. Mm-hmm. There were pterodactyls in this one. That's how you know this one. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I remember up the ladder. There was a VHS that my dad had of Jurassic Park three. I don't think I people, watched it. People are really one. mean to it. It's a good fun movie. It's like it a B movie fun. for sure, but it's good fun. Yeah, it's fun. fun. Okay. I like it. Number seven, I did not watch this. The Mummy Returns. <gasps> that was a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would I hope that Christina wouldn't like this movie <laughs> but I don't know I think she'd like Brendan Fraser I like Brendan Fraser there you go number six we have Pearl Harbor I love that movie what is wrong with you what do you mean what is wrong with me is my- <laughs> I bite okay. my tongue as much as I can Evan. I don't like 
Look, I'm not a big Michael Bay fan, all right? I'm not. I like the first Transformers, and quite frankly, I did like Pearl Harbor. I thought it was a really sweet story, and I was really rooting for the underdog at the end, and it, I cried during when I watched it. Did you, did you watch it when you were four? No. Mm-hmm. I watched it in my junior year history class. Okay. Mm-hmm. Try it again. No. number five oceans 11 i believe i watched this i don't know my feelings about it though i think christina if she revisited this would have a bowl i think this is totally up your alley (laughs) i like the new one with sandra bullock i haven't seen the old ones stop it (laughs) i can't i need to watch these i need to watch 11 is seminal 11 is a brilliant movie brilliant movie number four (laughs) <laughs> we have Shrek. <laughs> You've seen that, surely, Christina. You I can think so. I think like here and there I've seen bits and pieces. <laughs> this was a formative childhood movie for sure. And the soundtrack has followed me the entirety of my life. <laughs> yeah, they had some good soundtracks, didn't they? <laughs> the I don't, no comment. <laughs> yeah. Number three, Monsters, Inc., I don't think I watched that. No, I didn't watch that. Do you watch many CGI animated movies? No. There you go. Monsters, Inc. was so good. Why is your heart so cold? Well, Heaven was four when Monsters, Inc. came out. When I was four, I guess I watched all the Disney movies, Little Mermaid (laughs) and stuff. Pixar movies are family movies. You don't have to be four to watch Monsters, Inc. (laughs) You're just Uh, dead inside, that's all. I guess. Uh, number two we have lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring first one oh it's kicking off an era yeah we're gonna get one every christmas how do you feel about these christina didn't watch it you fucking kidding me what's happening i watched the first half and i fell asleep for the second dvd (laughs) if anyone's listening can they send help please (laughs) we got one person who likes pearl harbor (laughs) And we got someone else who's never seen Lord of the Rings. You're the one that picked us, so shame That's on, on you, you Al. That is friends. on you. Yeah, I know. I should really interview my friends before. I think you like to torture yourself. In. He's a masochist Tough for gone. sure. But, oh, gone. let me just say, uh, let's see. On this list further down, I did watch Bridget Jones's Diary. Of course And American Pie 2. You watch American Pie 2? <laughs> And Vanilla, okay, maybe not American Pie 2, but American Pie. Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky with yeah. Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Watch that. Moulin Rouge, I watched that. Okay. Amelie. So the Princess Diaries, I watched oh my God. that. <laughs> Again, send help. <laughs> A Knight's Tale. Remember oh that one? Yes, Is that the vegetables? That. No, that's no. Heath Ledger. What are you talking about? What was that the vegetables? <laughs> you know what I'm talking what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, Kate and Leopold. Okay, you guys. Here's the thing. I like romance. Me Love too. Okay. Romance. Have you seen Untamed Heart? No, should I? Yeah, you should. Oh, send it to me. I used to love Untamed Heart so much. And I'm uh, the only person I've ever met who can stomach it. Like, even like people have or girlfriends they've had who are really into rom-coms they would watch it and like that's too fucking sweet they couldn't do it and i loved it so i would watch it every single day when i was a teenager every day Ow. and the oh only person God. i've met who loved it 
was Aida, my manager. She's the only other person I've met who enjoys that movie. That explains everything. Ooh, it has Christian Slater everything. and Marissa Tomei. Yeah, it's. Oh. A, I think it's beautiful. It's a little bit, when you watch it in this, like now, it's a little bit stalkery, I guess. <laughs> He's a About, little bit I've been into the. I'm a little into the stalkery. Don't say that, Christina. You're no, I mean in role in, in movies, not in, in real life. In a fictional guys. content, yeah. No, I I I, I guess oh I was at that age very obsessive when I was into someone. So, oh, yeah, look at him. It's lovely. So hot. Okay. He's too shy to even touch a boob, Christina. It's a Watching that scene. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> just what just happened? You know who is too shy to touch to a touch a boob? Who? who? I don't know. We think it. We found out in the movie in Joyride. He's too oh, shy. You know what I'm talking oh, about. That was too like too shy to touch a boob. Yeah, the guy, the 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 person who's the villain, and he was like, I don't even know what to do if you like, I take off your bra. Am oh, I jumping ahead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. All right, let's get over. Let's get this over with, so we can move on to the movie. We have Jeez, number right, one. Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh wait, no. Are no. you still telling your <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to get my part over so we can move on to your part. Number one, we have Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. That movie Done. Wait, did that, that really start at so the same time as Lord of the Rings? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. And that really just lets you know. <laughs> I'm always talking about those first two Harry Potter films and how they feel like pantomime in terms of how they're shot. You compare them to the first Lord of the Rings, like, yeah, they look like shit. They look terrible. Wow, that's weird. Is that it? Is that number one? Mm-hmm. Harry Potter beat Lord of the Rings that year? Mm-hmm. Wow. Intriguing. Thank you. That was illuminating as always, Christina. Heaven, you got them spookies. What was Joyride up against in the year 2001? Brotherhood of the Wolf, Children of the Corn Revelation, Final You're Stab, rattling through Jason them. X, Jeepers stop, Creepers. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're a nightmare. Brother of the Wolf is amazing. Everyone should check it out. It's awesome. It's a French movie. It's got some martial arts and some horror in it. Um, and it's based on a true story. Um, what other things did you say? I forgot. Children of the Corn Revelation. Fuck it. Don't bother. What else? Final Stab. We're going to cover it at some point in our 90s slashes stuff with Christine and myself and Alex. Jason X. We've covered it. Jeepers Creepers. Difficult to talk about because it's Victor Salva, but I like the first half of this movie a lot. I prefer the sequel though. Caro. Caro is Pulse in Japanese. It's actually a really cool movie. It was remade as Pulse a few times in America. Mimic 2. I like Mimic 3 a lot. Mimic 2 is okay. Mulholland Drive. Yeah. I love that movie. Is this the one? You, which one did you say you'd never seen, Christina? This one. You fucking blow my mind. <laughs> you love David Lynch and you've never seen Mulholland Drive. It's I like should the watch it tonight. Oh my God. You don't understand, Al. I have so many movies to watch. So many on my list. I just don't have that's, time. That's the what most are you, doing you movie. Gilmore it's David Girls. Lynch. It's David Lynch <laughs> set in LA with like lesbianism in it. It's like the most Christina movie I can possibly think it's of. It's a damn Gilmore Girls. I can't stop taking <laughs> all my TV time. You Don't need you to want take Gilmore a break. Girls to like last a little longer because you're just going to run out. I want to run out because it's ruining my life. <laughs> Someone calls Christina. I mean, it's ruining all our lives, Christina. <laughs> Let's be honest. All right, fine. Uh, what else is happening, Kevin? The Others. I think this is vastly overrated. People loved it, but whatever. Session nine. It's pretty cool. This is a little spooky film. It's aged a lot now, but at the time it was cool. Thirteen ghosts. Yeah, I didn't like these remakes, but people seem to enjoy them. 
Tremors 3, Back to Perfection. Christina, Christina loves and Tremors. and I will get these at that's some right, point. We'll that's right, that's right, that's right. Although she had no idea there were like seven Tremors films. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Wishmaster 3, Beyond Gates of Hell. I mean, God willing, one day we'll cover the Wishmaster movies because they're terrible. But yeah. That's it. That's it. Okay. That's it. So not a lot. And the reason why not a lot is because this was in an era where horror wasn't doing that great. We just finished, Christina, you remember the Scream era in the 90s, which had carried us through, you know, with the slasher revival. And we're going to get some of that carrying over here. So Joyride, directed by John Dahl. He was a director of not this kind of movie, really. He did The Last Seduction. Uh, he did Rounders, that fantastic gambling movie with uh, Matt Damon and Edward Norton. You seen that? That's a cool movie. Lots of smiley, blank faces. I don't know what's I've never seen it. Sorry. <laughs> um, no. And he's gone on now to do a lot of TV. He's done Justified, Californication, Dexter, The Affair, The Walking Dead, Jessica Jones. Like he's cool. mostly nice. just does TV now. Written. Don't know if you noticed these. Clay Tarver, who did Silicon Valley and Dodgeball 2. And the person who really wrote this, J.J. J. J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams him fucking self. Yes, the creator of Lost creator of alias the director of the star wars movies at the moment director of super eight like jj abrams absolute legend fucking wrote this movie and this was just after just a few years after he had written or was one of the main writers on armageddon um, oh, and that wow. was kind of what he was doing at this point it was before really just before everything was gonna like really kick off for him and he was gonna have lots of power dp'd by jeffrey Jur, who did dirty dancing way back in the day the original he also did The Last Seduction. He did uh, Carnivale, which was a TV show, which I used to really like, actually. Uh, he did Dexter. He's done Halt and Catch Fire, which is a great TV show. And music by Marco Beltrami, which Christina's heard before because he's the person who did Scream um, mm. and a lot of the 90s stuff. He did Mimic, The Faculty. He did The Crow Salvation. He did The Resident Evil, Blade 2, Terminator 3, Hellboy, iRobot, World War Z, The Wolverine, Snowpiercer, Fortnite, Logan, Underwater, and the oh, upcoming man. A Quiet Place Part 2. And this is one of the most successful horror composers. Starring Paul Walker in the same year as the Fast and the Furious franchise would begin. Although oh. for people who were... Yeah, there you go. Wow. Although for people who are kind of like into The Fast and Furious now and weren't watching it when it first came out, it wasn't like, it definitely became a different beast by the time we got to Fast and Furious 4 and they rebooted it all. So this was like mm -hmm. a different Fast and Furious. He's starring as Lewis. He had previously been in The Skulls. He'd actually, this makes so much more sense now. Paul Walker did a lot of TV doing The Young and the Restless. <laughs> Like, nice oh, yes yes, yes. Mm -hmm. now it makes sense mm -hmm. and yeah he had done tammy and the t-rex which i highly recommend everyone checks out the gore edition just came out on blu-ray and it's one of the best worst movies of all time where paul walker dies and his brain is put into the body of a tyrannosaurus rex and he has a love affair with denise richards wow hmm. i want to watch this tonight it's incredible <laughs> Also starring Lily Sobieski, who people either really know or really don't, as Venna. Uh, she was in Never Been Kissed. She was in the terrible Uwe Boll films In the Name of the King, The Wicker Man. People knew her from The Glass House at this point, which is what Katie knew her from. I really know her from Eyes Wide Shut. Um, yes. She's the... Yeah, oh, okay. she was yeah, a she's girl the girl in Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, my yeah. God. She's the daughter okay. who the father, who the tailor, is kind of like... <laughs> Starts Hookering. to sell out his underage daughter. It's not people. really his daughter. I think that's just like a thing. Like it's just, it's just, it's, he's a pimp. 
No, that's his daughter. Because that's his daughter. Meet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. But I his thought daughter. that was like a. I thought that was like a show that you know. No. Because no. the first time they meet, like he doesn't, and then he realizes, oh, he can make money off these Japanese businessmen by selling her out. So then he's like, hey, Tom Cruise, you want to buy my daughter as well? Oh, I thought it was like an act. Anyways, but a couple of weeks ago when we did a podcast and Heaven, you said that you were watching Eyes Wide Shut and then I was like, wait a minute, I've never really, I don't think I've watched Eyes Wide Shut. So I rented it the other night and yeah, I have watched it. That happens a lot to me. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, was a good story. but then it's the next night I watched Joyride and that girl was in it. Oh, weird. Wow. Weird. Yeah, well, and this was only like a year later um, that she did oh, this. Oh, gosh, she looks so much older. Well, yeah, like, they were uh, to it, make her look young. Yeah, yeah wow. That's I mean, where she looks To be so clear, familiar. she still looks young in this, but... But in comparison, like, she just yeah. looks, like, so tiny. Yeah. She looks, like, 14 in the other one, yeah, like, preteen. Steve Zahn, now, do you both... I said last week, do either of you either you recognize this man's face or not? He looks familiar, but I Which one is he? I don't know where he would be. The brother? He's playing Fuller, the brother, yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he looks... Was, he's very familiar. Yeah, yeah, what okay. was he in? Well, he was, he was in Suburbia, which is this great little Sir Richard Linklater film people don't really know about. He's in a lot of films in this era, like You've Got Mail, Employee of the Month, Shattered Glass. He had probably his biggest role within the Matthew McConaughey, Indiana Jones knockoff Sahara, which bombed, but that was like a big budget movie. And he was sort of touted to be like the funny man, like one of the, like a Jack Black, you know, a character who would, a huge actor. And then he's kind of died off. But I still think most people might know him for one episode of Friends because he's Phoebe's gay ice skating husband. Oh. oh. No, but yeah, I really recognized him. Yeah, he was really touted. This was like, you know, he was seen as at this point as a big rising star. Matthew Kimbrough is playing Rusty Nail and the voice of Rusty Nail is Ted Levine, one of the greatest iconic horror voices of all time, because he played Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah, his voice is mm. good. It's so yeah. good. Oh, wait, Al, did we watch Rescue of Dawn? No, no. we didn't. No, I don't think so. Budgeted at $23 <laughs> million. What's your face? <laughs> <laughs> why? I thought we liked that. I, sure. Why we thought we, we, why like I thought we watched that? Never mind. I mean, you might have watched it. No. We watched all the movies together, Christina. No. <laughs> <laughs> Budgeted at $23 million, which of course means probably $50 million with marketing. Box office worldwide, $36.5 million. So did not do great at all. Probably mm. didn't even break even. Very strange that we've got two sequels coming to this. But we have to remind people, 2001, those early noughties, was the era that films could make, particularly horror, could make a lot of money on DVD. So when this mm. would come out into DVD, it probably made a really good amount of money, which was enough to go, cool, let's do some cheap sequels and put them straight to DVD. But yeah, didn't make much money, which was surprising. So the way this came about was JJ had the original idea. At that point, you know, chat rooms were really sort of blowing up and there was this idea of anonymity. Like people could go into a chat room and be mean or tease someone and then feel like they could get away with it. They had no idea... <laughs> how much worse that's going to get as social media is going to like be invented and the era we're in now that anonymity and how much that's such a you know important thing to discuss jd wanted to discuss it right back then and they wanted to talk about it via this moralistic story they had this idea of two guys in a car playing a prank on someone with their cb radio and then suddenly realizing that that someone knew where they were so they weren't able to be anonymous when they thought that they were mm -hmm. um, and he just told this idea to someone at fox kind of casually just like oh yeah i had this idea 
And then it was like a month later that they rang him up and said, that's a great idea, we should develop this. So JJ called in Clay because they were working on something else at the time. And they really wanted to make a scary suspense movie. They didn't want to make a horror movie. That's not Mm -hmm. how they thought of it. And JJ worked on it for like nearly four years. It was a long time on and off. And he was originally going to be directing it. But he said on the commentary, at least, that because of some work stuff, he didn't get to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they brought in John Dahl, who was on the rise. But mostly he had done these sort of like drama thrillers. He hadn't done something this glossy. He hadn't done something this sort of mainstream before. They got in different people for Rusty Nail. They had Eric Stoltz at one point, And they had Eric Roberts, who you can actually hear bits of dialogue that he read. He did some stuff. Sylvester Stallone was considered. <laughs> That's weird. Jeez. <laughs> yep. And they eventually shot it under the title Squelch. No. Yep. Why? I don't that, know. No. Who knows? I should say in England and Australia, this film is known under a different title. It's known as Roadkill. Mm. Because a joyride in England is when people steal your car for fun. So it's got a very different connotation than the America joyride is more of a, like going on a road trip and having some fun. Uh, in England, no, it means that you're a criminal. <laughs> Nice, so nice. They changed, it to, they changed it to Roadkill. And that's going to be a problem when we get to part two because next week's film is called Joyride 2 Roadkill in some countries. Or is it number three? Oh. One of the sequels. So it's then it got really confusing. Roadkill, I think. Yeah, number, there you go. So in England, it had to be like it was called Roadkill. <laughs> and then by the time you got to number three, it was Joyride 3 Roadkill. But it, it made no sense. Anyway, we'll get to that. So we open up with some opening titles like we keep doing in this era (laughs) really i mean let's be honest it's not a great start like we got some really cheesy 2001 style opening titles here Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say it now these opening titles are worse than high women's opening titles wow come on like there's ones in high women i genuinely was like they might have even got the people who did seven for this because while it's knockoff at least it looks kind of visually cool I don't this know. Looks pretty bad. They're all kind of blurring together. These opening, t- yeah, there was scrolling nothing, seven nothing, knockoff titles. Nothing special about this opening. It was just kind of what a, it was just annoying. I listened to the commentary from the director, and he was like, "Yeah, we just sort of shot these in my backyard or something." It was, oh. <laughs> it was like completely just added on at the last moment. Stop. Um, yeah, it doesn't look good. And I did notice that the titles were coming up. It said it was edited by four people, which a big red flag. Then hit. Really? I was like, "How the f- what? Oh. Four people?" And we're going to get to later why that happened, because it makes perfect sense. We're going to be thrown straight in. So we've got Paul Walker. He's on the phone to Lily. We're going to learn some good exposition here. She's just finished freshman year. She's out in Colorado in Boulder. He's Mm -hmm. over in Berkeley. She's just broken up with David. Her boyfriend. He's clearly all excited about this. I love this fucking reason. Did you hear her reason for why she broke up with him? Wait, what was it? I forgot. What was it? Her quote. He kept looking at me as if he totally thought he knew me, and he so obviously didn't. And then he started <sighs> crying. So you know that was the reason. Yeah, yes. it, I was a little confused. I thought that I was, was like, just oh. about her breaking up yeah. with him, like how he reacted. Yes, exactly. Me too. That's what I thought. I thought the same thing. Oh well, that's what I took from it. And it's like either way, it's like, jeez, <laughs> give us a proper reason. Like that's it doesn't tell us anything about her as a character other than she doesn't like people looking at her, basically. I do like to set up though, like, yeah, he's like, he's, he's with his roommate who's trying to sleep. So he throws him a Discman. Do you remember Discman's heaven? I actually had one. 
Really? Yeah, because I when I got grounded and I kept getting my iPod taken away, I found my mom's old Discman. I used to buy a lot of CDs. I would like walk around with a Discman. Makes me happy. <laughs> They're a nightmare because you would just jolt them and it would skip all over the place. Yeah. And like, like tape players, Walkmans were much more reliable than Discmans, to be fair. I had a Walkman. Yeah. And I would hide under my covers at nighttime and listen to Loveline. Stop. And learn all about adulthood. adulthood. I have a Walkman right now. Actually, it's in my it's in my drawer. Aww. <laughs> Do you remember these days though when you couldn't just text people, Christina, and you had to like get on your phone underneath your covers to ring up someone to like have a chat? <laughs> Yeah, on the phone. I used to do that too. My first breakup was on the phone. On the landline? On my mom's landline. And let me tell you, breaking up on a landline in a post iPhone world, like there is no dignity in that. My grandma picked (laughs) up at like three in the morning while I was crying because she wanted to talk to someone in the Philippines. I was like crying, like getting broken up with, being like, Grandma, I am busy. She's like, Hello? Anak? And I'm like, Grandma, please hang up. But anyways, I, I know, know exactly vibes. what you're talking about. I know. God, exactly. I, I finally really miss it because it was this thing of like, if you had to, anything meaningful that happened in a relationship with someone, whether it was a friend or a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, you had to at least hear their voice. You know, you had to at least have a conversation. Whereas now it's just like, no, you just send a text. That's <laughs> true. That's so true. Oh, Jeez. times. Crazy. Um, She's saying like, and she's totally like, she's luring him on here, right? Because she's like, Mm -hmm. man, I wish I just had a car and you could just come pick me up and we could just sort of drive slowly back over. We're going to learn later they live in New Jersey, I think is where they Mm -hmm. they grew up and knew each other growing up. We get very little bits of details later. She just wants to decompress and go home gradually. And he looks in his his drawer and finds an improbable plane ticket, which has in huge letters, ticket is refundable written on it, which I don't think any plane ticket has ever. (laughs) And then I was like trying to look for the price. Like how much is this freaking plane ticket? Where was he going? Buy this car for $1,100. And this is a sexy fucking car. Yeah, for $1,100. No way. Absolutely no way. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he lies to her. He's like, yeah, I've got a car. I'll come get you. And we're going to fucking, this is just for the opening credits. We're going to blaze through this opening. Like, we got our setup. He goes to a used card lot, buys this 1971. Did you notice the year? Does oh, that ring any bells? Oh, is that the same year as uh, Duel? As Jewel, yep. No, it's Jewel. Yeah, this Duel. is the same year as Jewel, mm. the original. So this is their tip of the hat to the original. I'm going to have to say already at this point, I, I mean, Paul Walker is just so naturally charming that I'm already like here with it. And I kind of do like the pacing, the fact that they were like getting just right into it. Yeah, it didn't. I didn't mind that it was fast. It was like kind of good because like you don't really need much there. Yeah. You don't want to. Yeah. You don't want it to go slower. And we have the slight character building already. So. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not saying any of that's bad. I'm just saying it is fast at the beginning. Yeah. And we can talk about whether that then it pays for that later or not. But, you know, but at this opening, it's, it's going at a good pace. We get lots of exposition. Um, yeah, and I don't look. I never think Paul Walker's a great actor. I'm sorry, you know, he's passed away, but that doesn't mean I'm going to change my opinion. I always thought he was kind of like a puppy dog. Oh my God, that's right. He got in a car accident, huh? He did indeed. Mm-hmm. In Santa Clarita. Oh, sad. But I, I much, I much prefer him in this where he's playing a bit of a puppy dog. Like he's just like a love lawn sort of guy and the dynamic with his brother that we're going to get to in a minute, I think mm. is great. Whereas in Fast and Furious, he's meant to be this hard man. And it's like, no, it doesn't work for me at all in Fast and Furious. Like he's not a hard, aggressive, Vin Diesel kind of dude, you know? This feels much more suitable for him, I think. 
Don't try to pigeonhole him. He wasn't even aggressive. <laughs> he wasn't that kind of guy in Fast and the Furious, so. He is. He's trying to be like, no, not aggressive as in like angry, but I just one. mean like he's meant to be a tough guy for sure. He's constantly doing that thing of like looking stern and looking like, yeah, I'm tough. And it's like, I never buy him Fast and Furious, but we'll get to those one day. We can do that series. I'd be down I'm just saying no. like, I like him here. I don't like Paul Walker in many things, but I like him here. And this is confusing because he rings up. I wrote down like he rings up his mom and then Kato's like, that can't be his mom. She sounds so young. I was like, oh, maybe it's his sister. But then later on he mentions it was his mom. It's his mom. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I thought this voice sounded way too young, especially since he has an older brother and he's not the oldest, you know? I was like, what? Yeah. No. Maybe his, he has a young mom. She has a youthful voice. She does voice exercises, you know? That's too. Heaven has a young mom, so it's fair enough. I do. I do. She's in the prime of her life, some, some have said. My mom? Um, yeah. Good for her. I know. <laughs> Not at all identifying at all. We're going to learn from this that his brother's in prison again and his mom's like, don't worry, it's not your problem. Again, everyone's really luring him in. Everybody's kind of like guilting him into buying a car and guilting him into going and getting his brother out of prison in Salt Lake City. So he decides to pick him up. Now, I don't know if you two did this at all. I mapped this movie out because I was like, well, they're telling us. No, I was curious though. They're telling us everywhere he's going to. I've got the entire route that they do in this movie. Oh yeah, of course I mapped it out, Al. You didn't see the hand-drawn map I made? You're meant to be the one. You're the one who's finding all these places that we're going to go and visit Christina at the end of this series when COVID is over. I forgot. She's forgotten that already (laughs) happened. I you remember that packed heaven. Yes, I do. Fucking recorded on podcast. Christina was like, "I'm going to find these places and do all the episode and we're one. Gonna go. We're going to go to these spots. We should COVID only go to the spots in the Hitcher. <laughs> no, we have to easy. go to the spots in no, Duel. No, we got to do Duel. Okay, only the Hitcher. Duel and the Hitcher. The original Hitcher. We yeah, can do some of Joyride. We just can't do it once they get past you know Nevada or something. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Okay, okay. But anyway, none of the remakes. You, none of the remakes. This works. What doesn't make sense is one bit later, which does not work, but which is very strange because they tell you all the places and they do make sense. And I was even checking t- car times because I do that drive. And I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's how long that would take you to get to there. That's when the day would have changed and stuff. There's one bit that I don't understand because they specifically say the name of a town and it doesn't exist in the state that they're in or any of the surrounding states that they're near. Okay, okay, um, okay. So strange. Hmm. Anyway. What's happening? Yeah. So he's driving. He decides he is going to go and get his brother. So he turns around to take a different trip up to Salt Lake City on his way east from Berkeley. He's going to go like the north side of the Colorado mountains Mm -hmm. around to Boulder. And then a cop pulls him over and he's going to tell the cop, hey, man, I'm driving 200 miles out of my way to pick up my brother who I haven't seen in five years. Exposition. Uh, He's going to go and immediately just get Steve's on out. And I don't know how well this travels Oh, wait, also now. the cop had his great line where he like says that whole like thing for like pathos and then goes, um, uh, yeah, and your taillight's broken. And Paul Walker just is like, I have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually is going to be vitally important to the rest yeah. of this film. So yeah. Thank yeah. you for bringing it up. Steve Zahn. So some of this comedy I'm going to claim has definitely dated and we'll get to some things that I'm ashamed I used to laugh at which now I'm like oh that's not cool yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean he's really good though I do got to give it to him like he's he's a pretty good actor I think I mean he goes for it like he takes all these lines and I was I was reading these interviews and he obviously ad-libbed a lot he would take the lines and then do his own things and every take was a different thing from him but he brings the energy and for me this is what I was talking about last week with the Hitcher remake this is a similar setup 
we're adding in another character but i felt no energy no charisma no character nothing from those two last week this week paul walker's fine uh lily we're not actually going to get to her for a long long time yeah, yeah. a long time i was surprised it's shocking but steve zahn he fucking brings that energy he really does like he brings you want to hate paul him walker but he's just too, so yeah. good mm-hmm. yeah. they're he's a good so kind good. of foil for each other mm-hmm. and it's really it's actually genuinely a little bit sweet when they first meet up i know like, I can't believe his brother came and that was really well done yeah 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 you could just yeah he had just so much going on so he's heading he's to great. boulder and then heading home and his brother's decided he's gonna like tag along with them which he doesn't seem happy about initially but it's also like he misses his brother and i think he's you know mm-hmm. it's kind of again it means something that he's so into this girl but he's still happy for his brother to tag along and then we get this funny scene where his brother's like sussing out that Paul basically wants to get with Lily, but he hasn't yet. So he's like telling her, all right, this is what your life is like. She then moved to here and you stay up all night talking on the phone and blah, blah, blah. And Paul just gets all pissed off and drives off the road. Um, okay, that pull off the road was a little aggressive, don't you think? Like, <laughs> come on, that car would have broke. that classic car too, like on that, like, yeah. like I've taken an aggressive pull off the road like that on the five freeway. And like it was risky, and I didn't have like an old car like that. Oh yeah, it's hard to control. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. scary. And why? Think, like, where was so. he walking to too when he got out? Like, he's like, I'm mad at you. So I'm gonna take three steps outside the door and look off at the road for ten seconds. I'm sorry. But Don't at least they're communicating. Whereas the fucking woman in the Hitcher remake just would stand looking out and say nothing. <laughs> you know, at least there's a communicating, and I understand what it's telling me is one that he can drive pretty well, which we're gonna need later, mm. and two. That, okay there's obviously history with steve zahn just like just being that kind of invasive like he's acting like he knows everything about mm-hmm. his brother saying all the stuff you know there's history of that friction between them of how steve zahn sort of deflects but yeah it i is mean that was impressive. fine i just thought that it was just a too hard of a turn sure, sure. yeah i just like i can't even do it like people have to watch this film and it'll either make you laugh or it won't and i feel part of it makes me laugh because it did a lot when in 2001 but all of these lines from steve zahn i fucking just love them i eat up nearly everything he says all of yeah. his little weird just like so you still good or you need me to drive it's like it wouldn't be funny if anyone else said it but somehow the he's way he good does it, mm-hmm. it was great we got a pop soundtrack here which i know uh you're both fans of maybe you know i'm all american rejects though so mm. what can you do and they stop up for some gas, and this is maybe, it may be the most improbable bit in the film. Steve Zahn just decides while his brother's getting gas to buy a CB radio and get it installed for yeah. 40 bucks. Yeah. Where are they? Like, what? I'm sorry, every time they have to do, like, body stuff or, like, work on that car in this film, I'm like, where do you have this money? Yeah, and the time where? that takes weeks, yeah. and it costs buttloads of money for a car like that. And I remember the first time that I did a road trip in America with my friend Alex, who does these podcasts with us. We literally like it to be in, let's get a CB radio and joyride this because we wanted to like talk to people. And you're like, oh, you can't. Like with the modern cars, like fuck off. Can you get a CB radio? Like it needs to be installed properly. It's a nightmare. You can't just like get it and plug it in. Um, And to be fair, they do get it installed properly, but. I just get it like, installed so fast and where are you yeah. just going to find a random CB radio setup for your vintage car that fits perfectly? Um, yes. I don't know about that. In the movies. In the films. <laughs> going to give it to them, but it is ridiculous. I um, was like a little like, who, why would she even think about getting a CB radio? Like I was so like confused, but Brandon was like, oh yeah, I, I had a CB radio and I used to talk on that thing all the time. I know the lingo and blah, 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 blah. 
So I was like, I guess it's not that not normal. That just sounds. Brandon sounds a little lighter this week. That he's like, oh yeah, I had a TV radio. <laughs> Quarantine's easing him. <laughs> you know, you just go through phases. It's a good Jeez. couple of days. No, we get in so many I fights. Do, like, I always Gilmore wanted girls. this. I still want a CP radio. I would love it. I love that five mile radius. You don't know who you're talking to. It would be a lot of fun. Although I would be a little scared after this. Scary. <laughs> I can't drive anywhere after watching these last few. When I was like taking like my night drive, someone was driving too. Like I just felt like they were driving too close behind me for like how empty the roads were, and I really like. I was ready to have a, a hitcher type experience. <laughs> I was stealing myself for that. Yeah, I'm prepared. Now. I love it. I love the dialogue on the CB. I was like, you got yourself a Kojak with a Kodak. Yeah, that's what Brandon yeah. was saying. He's like, do you know what that means? I was like, no, I don't what know what that, that means. <laughs> I don't what even know what CB means. What is Kojak for, with, with the Kodak? Kojak. It's like Kojak a police. From an old TV you see a show, police or so something? Police. Yeah, and a Kodak is a camera. So it's like you got a policeman with a speedometer, basically. <laughs> Jeez. Looking for bears. And this is what surprises me every time I come back to this movie. And I've seen this movie a lot, but it's been a while since I last saw it. Rusty Nail is there straight away. He's like the third voice they hear on the radio is Rusty Nail talking about the exact same lines he's going to end the movie with. Talking about a storm coming in and how he likes it when the storm comes in because it clears the roads. Oh. Um, yeah. And we're going to get, they paint themselves, they give themselves the names Black Sheep and Mama's Boy. And then, yeah, Steve Zahn gets, I mean, again, which is the move so quick? Steve Zahn gets really excited and is like, you do a, do a woman's voice. Do a woman's voice and lead him on. And any time Paul Walker's like, no, I don't want to do it. Steve Zahn just like, come on. <laughs> yeah. He's really, I mean, I want to hate him. Yes. But he's so aggressive. He's that, ty- that type him. of guy. Yeah, I hate him. But he's doing it so well. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on. It'll be amazing. <laughs> What is wrong with you? It just keeps punching him until he does it. And then he's so like, oh, great, good. Cool. It is so and good. You totally get that brother dynamic that they must have had growing up. Yeah. And also yeah. that like psycho, like he's kind of like, oh, no wonder you've been in jail so many times. You're that guy. You really mm-hmm. are that guy. You just push and push. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we learn anything like his dad doesn't love him and all this stuff. So they invent this woman <laughs> called Candy Cane. And then uh, basically Zahn's going to pretend that they're on two different CB radios and his guy, Black Sheep, is lovers with candy cane he's like don't worry i'm gonna see you and he's like i'm pulling over now see you in the p.m and then they go way too quick like there should be a long pause because you gotta wait for black sheep to essentially pull off the road turn off his radio because that's the weird thing with these cp radios everyone in this fucking area can hear everything you're talking about if they're on that channel and uh yeah rusty nails on that channel and he immediately just starts asking for candy cane as soon as he thinks black sheep's gone so they're purposely like luring him in to try and tease him. And it's kind of, yeah, like you said earlier, Heaven, it's kind of weird because Rusty Nell is really hesitant. He's a little bit awkward with all this. Candy Cane's like pretending to like unbutton a blouse and stuff. And he's like, he's oh, really sweet, Rusty mm-hmm. Nell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not always. <laughs> no, not in, in the beginning. In the beginning. You feel for him. You really do feel like he's being bullied by these would guys. Would you even, you I mean, it. look. Yeah. The starter is, would you do this kind of prank? I wouldn't personally. I would I never. It's just too it's mean. It's so stupid. Heaven, it's heaven, so heaven, mean. Totally it's horrible. Weird. No, okay. When I was, okay, when Omega was a thing, and this is why I'd never done it like to this like level, but I remember <laughs> we'd like go on like, me and my, my friend Wes would go on like the, just like the text chat room where the camera wasn't on. 
I we like put in like an interest like some like weird very specific like type of thing like usually be like sexual and we like lure people to like start <laughs> chatting with us and just take them for like a wild roller coaster like we you know they'd want to online role play so we'd be like okay all right now we're picking we're like we're gonna we're gonna pick you up at the bar oh no kidnappers got you we're chasing you tom like tom cruise style and like see how long they'd like keep up with us to be fair that's just like having a chat and we faked a friend's murder on omegle but like i don't know but they're not meeting you wait you faked a friend's murder no listen 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 i was young i I was a sophomore in high school so we were like Omegle is like the chat roulette. And so what we did is like we had my friend Julie with all the lights off and then like some like random guy like and she was like, oh, my God, please. Like, you don't there's there's something here. There's something here, like all the lights off. And like if it was just her face like on the thing and this guy started like freaking out on Omegle and I came up off camera and like grabbed her mouth and like yanked her (laughs) off. So it was just darkness. And then we disconnected. That guy's probably messed up for life. I know. And if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I was young. I didn't know. He killed himself years ago. Oh, Oh my God. That's fucked up. You are Joyride. I know. You need to learn a lesson from this movie. I did. Bad girl candy cane. Don't get me wrong. When the internet first came around, it was like 98 or whatever. And yeah, and like AOL chat rooms and stuff. Sure. Like you couldn't see people and you just play around a little bit with that stuff and, and you know, pretend to be people you weren't. So we won't pretend to murder someone. We were so young. <laughs> we were so young. And I feel so bad when I look back on that. How but long were you? Not that young, but like 15. <laughs> He's like, it was last month. <laughs> it was last month. No, like 15. Fucking nightmare. Well, look, I hope you're paying attention to this movie. I, I am I am and the morals that JJ is spinning for you yeah I wouldn't do this if I was gonna do this I would not do it to someone whose fucking handle is rusty nail yeah <laughs> that's just like a no an absolute no it would have to be like you know fluffy sheep or something for me <laughs> I would not do it because you're a good person Christina or just more you wouldn't know how to work a CB radio <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they pull up at the Lone Star Motel. I've written down all the names just in case we ever do this journey together. And this is definitely the moment that brought me most shame because I remember in 2001 finding this hilarious with all of my friends. And now this is definitely not cool. <laughs> Where they pull in and park in a handicapped space. And Steve Zahn's like, don't worry, it's fine. I'm going to give it. Oh my it. God. And then when he does that, that was walk, so wrong. Yeah. So but see, wrong. but that type of guy does things like that. You know what I mean? And like, particularly in 2001. Yeah. It's Would just like that type know. of guy. Ugh. Yeah. When you're young. Do young guys now in their early 20s still do stuff like this? Oh my God. No. At least not in I Los Angeles or like no one in my, like none of my friends. That's, I feel like that's like behavior like that stops being cool or like uh you know air quotes like funny when yeah. i was like in high school so no i don't think people act like that anymore the humor is really dated it's like surprising seeing like what was funny yeah it's then really compared bad. to now yeah but is it supposed I mean, to be funny i don't know I think, yeah. it is cringeworthy it is. a lot of it was but it's weird though because it's not funny it's funny because it's like to be clear like this joke is funny because it's so fucking it, it's not mocking someone who is handicapped mm-hmm. it's funny because it's so ridiculous that like he's gonna pretend yeah. to do that to have a parking space you know that's kind of where the humor's coming from it's just so like outrageously stupid but yeah it's definitely not cool it's definitely not cool and i was really ashamed to remember finding that hilarious in 2001 but yeah you were 
how hilarious was it were you just like was it slapping the leg kind of funny yeah i was like rolling we over on your side most of steve zahn's stuff like killed us in this movie like he was very funny to a young like person in 2001 <laughs> this was all very funny before you kind of sort of yeah realized oh like jokes hurt people <laughs> so. yeah but then he hey, redeemed himself by kind of like you well, know sticking up for the racist guy i'm sticking up yeah. for the guy yeah because this is what i mean it's like there are jokes which are dumb because people are trying to be mean to other people and i never found it funny and then there are jokes that are just dumb because they're ridiculous and stupid and you know that if there was a handicapped person there i don't get the impression that steve zarmore did in any way want any harm to them or be mean to them from his character you know it's Mm -hmm. that's what i mean like it's a kind of removed joke but it it does still need something Mm -hmm. but yeah he goes in and there's this angry fat large white guy just giving shit to the manager who mm-hmm. is uh, i don't know where he's from if he's from india or native i don't know where he's from but he's not white and that's all you need to know so the guy is very upset about the extra towels he's getting delivered. yeah <laughs> who gets mad about extra towels i wish i had some extra towels right now me too <laughs> and steve's not like you say he's gonna stick up for him straight away which immediately lets you know if you were having misgivings with him from that joke you're like oh okay he does actually like care about people and mm-hmm. he's not he's not a dick but meanwhile paul's still in the car and rusty nail suddenly pops back in on the cb radio which yeah if you know the five mile radius means he's been driving around trying to find candy cane and Zahn pops back in and he's like he's got this idea he's like you know what i just met this absolute asshole in check-in Let's play a trick. We just saw that white arsehole go into room 17. Let's tell Rusty Nail to come and pretend that Candy Cane is in room 17 of this motel and bring some pink champagne. It's now, horrible. This is, that is just, that's so oh, it's wrong. Like, come on. That's going way too far, guys. And way it only too far. is sold because Zahn has that energy. Like his energy for it's like, come on. It's like, otherwise you couldn't go along with this in a movie. You'd yeah. Be like, no, this is ridiculous. Yeah, he's so, so wrong. Like, he's so he, like, look, when were you going to get this kind of retribution? And it's weird because us as movie note goers, we know Rusty Nail is going to be the villain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they want you to believe that the white guy, like the head, the characters think the white guy is the villain. And that's what we're going to learn in a minute. They think the white guy is the one who would have done something violent and think Rusty Nail is actually more of a victim. Yeah, point. I was surprised yeah. about that. I was confused that that's what they thought. Yeah, it's weird when the audience's head isn't in the same place as the early characters. But mm-hmm. mm. It would also just make me feel very weird because they arranged this whole meeting and again, they're over CB radio. Anyone listening would be like, let's go check out Candy Cane in room 17 mm-hmm. in this motel. <laughs> see, that's why I would never want a CB radio because I don't want to get Joyride. Joy but you go to like semi-private channels or channels that not a lot of people are on <sighs> sketchy and that's what they listening. did right they're like meet me on channel blah blah, blah. 23 yeah. but you don't yeah. know who's listening someone could be it's true i do like as soon as they set it up pulls immediately like, that was mean and he feels bad immediately yeah. and zan's like yes <laughs> it's so exciting Jeez. he's just that guy he really does play that guy yep so we're getting a little bonding time as they're in the motel on these twin beds and Zahn's like talking about what he misses about home and then realizes, nope, that was someone else's childhood. And we get mm-hmm. a really driven home of like, he doesn't miss home. He feels alienated. He thinks his dad hates him and isn't proud of him and all this stuff. All the cliches. Uh, there's a lot of green in this motel room, which I like. You're getting some nice design decisions. And then it hits midnight and they hear the semi truck pull in. There's a thunderstorm outside and we get to see Rusty Nail walk by, but in silhouette. Mm-hmm. And... 
one of i mean for me one of the best scenes in the whole movie we get to hear him knock on the next door room really good sound design because we hear like the angry white asshole talking to him mm-hmm. and then so they good. both huddle against this painting as the camera like goes into it until the painting of this ship at sea is all you see and when lightning goes off it kind of feels like it's lightning inside the painting mm-hmm. it's really cool i thought that was so cool the lighting in this movie was also really really cool I have yeah to it say. was pretty good like I mean, yeah, already no, it's handsomely shot technical quality i feel like compared to other the other movies even like the michael bay uh hitcher is way 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 better mm-hmm. well, michael bay's oh, got yeah. this flashy music video where it's short it's more yeah. it's more sumptuous in some ways but this feels like a movie you know yeah this feels mm-hmm. a little bit more adult i couldn't um, stop looking at the cargo pants though guys that's all i saw when i watched stop. this movie. cargo oh, pants yeah. and baggy jeans those jeans were baggy. <laughs> right? You guys dressed like that. Come on. Yeah, we did. Everything was really baggy in that year. Stop. I know. I forgot. I was like, God. Thank God. You gotta hang loose. It's very comfy. Very comfy. It's like you're going skiing every day. <laughs> None of that uh, business. They hear a little scuffle and then things go quiet and they both look a little perturbed. And then later, Paul says that he thinks someone got hurt, but Zahn's like, nah, it's fine. But they clearly, they think that Rusty Nail is the one that got hurt. So then Paul rings the front desk and says that he heard a disturbance. And yeah, you get this nice little scene where they hear the phone ringing next door. And then suddenly it rings back in their room and gives you a good little jump. And yeah, the, the clerk is saying that everything's fine, apparently. So we're presuming Rusty Nail picked up this phone to say everything's fine. By the way, the white arsehole's voice, very different from Rusty Nail's voice. Yeah. And the clerk had just had a run in with Rusty Nail. So maybe I guess they changed shifts or something because this would not work. Yeah. And I do like this. Was Katie really liked this as well when Zahn is like, see, what did I tell you? Everything's fine. But at the same time, he's locking and bolting the door because <laughs> he's like, I don't believe it. Something weird's happening. Mm-hmm. So they wake up next morning. The police are there outside. And we get this great conversation when Zahn's talking to one of the cops and he's asking him for, like, what did he hear? And he's like, going, he's like starts mimicking the muffles that he heard from next door oh god and wait then really did we com- say how he said the line when they were listening was that a gasp or a laugh when they were yes. listening through the no wall? i didn't yeah. say it yeah no i didn't say it but yeah yeah that's a good line jeez no i think again the sound design in that scene is so good because you are like you're like what the fuck is happening and you're trying to listen mm-hmm. well i had the there. the what is it called on subtitles on (laughs) stop christina (laughs) i was like oh good thing the subtitles are on because i can't hear them (laughs) i'm I'm intrigued of what it would have said with the subtitles on because it's so like something like oh i had that drink that you wanted that pink champagne do you think rusty nail like would have actually been really kind if candy cane was a real woman and tender lover yeah probably yeah Dang. I mean, out of all the films we talked about, this is the one where we get the most reason for the killer doing the things they're doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you feel their pain a little bit. Yeah. I do. I love this cop though he's talking to because they're going to be confused because like, wait, wait, the big guy is the one who's in the coma? Like they don't, they're thinking it's going to be rusty now. And they're like, wait, did someone fucking put the big fucking asshole into a coma? And the cop's lines of like, it wasn't comely. 
And then I'm thinking taking a little look-see might refreshify your memory. Yeah, what was that, that about? <laughs> was that 2001 lingo? I was like, I, I forgot. Oh, I forgot we had Freshify. a different language during that time. Also, like, who? what cop would just randomly bring some two random witnesses to see this victim in a coma? Like, who does he, that? I think he knows, but he's like, look, these two kids are acting weird. So he's like, you two had something to do with this. Yeah. He doesn't think they murdered him, but they're like, you know something. But what um, was so yeah. that? Rustify, justify? What was it? <laughs> Refreshify. Refreshify. I think it's trying to be. This is the era of like Tarantino taking off, you know? So they're like, let's do some Tarantino dialogue, I think. Refreshify. <laughs> yeah, so he takes in the hospital to see the victim and it's pretty nasty. We're going to see the guy's jaw was ripped yeah, clean Yeah, that was off. gross. Jeez, that was rough. And then off screen, I guess they admit to the cops what happened and the cops like, you fucking stupid kids basically and says just get out of our state and don't come back oh yeah he was like this is like an old western movie i want you out of the state of you idaho utah where are utah. they yeah. out of the state of idaho before sunrise like that's my favorite line <laughs> <laughs> so good so they get back on the road and we're gonna get this quite a lot in the film where we get these sort of like resets it's like i mean from what's already happened i would tell people immediately you know yeah they're like, shit, you won't believe what happened. But no, they get back on the road. They're still using a CB radio, which is like, I would not touch that thing again. No, I would get rid of it. I would toss yeah, it. Yeah, toss it. You know, they're still using it. And then at nighttime, suddenly Rusty Nail's voice comes back in again, calling out for candy cane. So they ill-advisedly, Mazan decides to pick up the walkie and they reveal that candy cane was actually just a joke. And it was just them as a guy pretending to be a woman. And I do like this immediately. Like, there's a little pause, and then Rusty's just like, apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul's like, sure, let's apologize. And of course, it's on. Oh, Fuller, <sighs> God, kills this me every me time. This made me so mad. This made gets, me so mad. Yeah, this he's, scene. he's just so easy to hate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, he gives him some shit over to CB and then says, all you have to do to make Rusty Nail go away is turn my CB radio right down. And then we get, yeah, one of the best moments when Rusty Nail says, you both really need to get that tail light fixed. And oh, I knew it was, was coming right though. Same. Also, I have to say that like this villain compared like since we've watched the original Hitcher, like Rusty Nail has like the most Rutger Hauer-esque like type villainy or like type like slickness. And like you really feel kind of like terrorized by him. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah. Well, until we we will actually see him later, and we'll see how you feel about it then. But yeah, when you just got this voice, yeah. the voice. No, he's not sexy like our other villain. That's <laughs> no, for mm-hmm. sure. Which yeah, the writers and the director were keen to show nothing. Like the director actually said, "Look, I love Jaws, and I know they don't show the shark much, but how great would it have been if you never saw the shark in Jaws? Like that's how far he wanted to go." I kind of wish we never I saw thought him, so not too. I or just too. saw his silhouette. Anyways. Anyway, so they got the semi behind them. They're freaking out. They're like, shit, there's a five-mile radius, but he's, he can see our taillight, so he's got to be right here. And they pull off in Laramie and then f- decide they're going to phone the sheriff. But Laramie, sorry, they're going to pull off in Laramie, but it's 73 miles away. So they just find a sudden little small gas top, pull off on exit 70, uh, get some gas. They're freaking out. There's an ice truck that goes by them, which apparently I read in facts is a nod to Jewel. I don't remember the ice truck in Jewel. But maybe I'm just blanking it out. Me neither. Apparently not. And they immediately think, oh shit, this is the guy. Because this is the guy who's like pulled off. The ice truck guy is the guy. He's got a tire beater. 
Did you believe for a second that this was Rusty now? No, no, not at all. it was too obvious. It was like, oh God, Fuller, God, Fuller, <laughs> get your shit together. I was even thinking like he wasn't gonna fill up the tank with gas. I was thinking he was just like, I was, and then they were gonna yeah. run out what? again or something. Yeah, but he did. Well, and this is the weird thing: it's like they Chill. go in and they think this person's chasing them, and it's just this terrible thing. There's a till person there. Paul doesn't say anything. It's like you would fucking say something. Well, it's because it's because what if he recognizes him as like his voice on the radio? That's why. That's what I thought. I don't care. I would I fucking tell. I would say to the person behind the tell, "Look, we're in a dangerous situation right now. Like this is what's happening." Like I would fucking. I wouldn't just like try and keep it all secret. But if the murderer's right behind you with what looks like a bat or some crazy metal yeah. thing, you're scared. Then I, yeah, I wouldn't say you something. In a fucking food. I don't know. I would you never know. Well, I would wait I, there. I would wait. There. I wouldn't be in a rush to get away. I would wait until the ice person went away and then like deal with it. My favorite part mm-hmm. was when he, when Paul Walker came out of the gasoline thingy and then walked to his car and the way he did that walk. Oh yeah. <laughs> I felt like that was so real because I feel like I would do the same thing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> same. <laughs> He's a great actor. Everyone's a great actor. Um, I think that was my favorite part of the movie. My favorite part was that he paid by check. For his gas. Stop. Oh, no, he didn't. He had a card. He just had oh, to sign he? it. His master yeah. card, yeah. Oh, he just had right. sometimes. It was one of the old like chunk ones. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's still pretty funny. The old chunk ones. What? She, well, you, you don't to, like, know. Put, you're too young, girl. You had to put a piece young. of paper in like a little thing, and you had to like get ink on it and swipe it across and like imprint and then sign it was basically a check in a way but it was just like that's how you would pay with credit cards jeez there was no swipe when the world was terrible heaven you wouldn't understand um there was no contactless (laughs) it's fucking crazy how much of this we get before they pick up lily by the way like i always remember her being a lot of surprise yeah so the guy then comes running out after them and they're like holy shit no he's the killer so let's get away they nearly drive into a semi which is clearly rusty mm-hmm. and they get drive down a dark road which then says dead end the ice truck is following them they get cornered turns out just a friendly dude just like oh it's not my mustache is it my wife keeps telling me <laughs> but who would, do that? Like, who would chase him down like you know what i mean like who would chase you down like that to give you a card like i would be scared too if i was them he's a good guy yeah that's true he's a really good, good guy, guy. So they're like chilling out. For some reason, they get out of their car here because they're so emotionally exhausted. And we're going to watch the ice truck turn around and then Rusty Semi burst through oh, it. So good. We are 41 minutes into the film. This is the first time we're actually going to get the chase beginning. <laughs> think about that. Think about it with Jewel. Think about it with Hitcher. Think about it with like any of these movies. 41 minutes in before we actually get, okay, this is the Semi. The setup is so good though. And I'm glad they picked... This is like at this point now. I'm really starting to see see the parallels between like Joyride, Hitcher, and Duel. Like I'm glad they chose a semi as the villain truck, mm-hmm. which is yeah. very Duel. Yeah, the mm-hmm. ice truck would not be the same. <laughs> so they drive away. They skid sideways into a tree, and no, again, no one's wearing fucking seatbelts, and they get stuck between the semi that's gradually pushing them, which I think would destroy your car completely. But whatever. Yeah. gradually pushing them against the tree and this is, it's a fucking cool scene because you're like well they're done yeah it was really good because i kept thinking that they're gonna like 
jump out the window and I was like, or the door. I'm like, well, they can't go anywhere. They can't now. go anywhere. Yeah. Nowhere. Yeah. And he's like, why did you play? Well, like, what, what were you doing? And they were just like, look, man, we're just like trying to have a laugh. It was just a joke. And then he stops and he goes, well, I was just playing with you, man. He just reverses dead. away very that was slowly. So good. That was so good. And then that really did remind me of Duel. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. that like tease. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, don't want to kill them gonna yet. He's going to go too far out. Yeah. yeah. The fact that he's ripped off someone's jaw is the thing that's reminding you of like, no, he's going to kill them. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, also, but you would just apologize at this point. Though, wouldn't you? He asked you they before. They did to apologize. apologize they don't. They? I was looking out for it in this scene. They don't specifically don't apologize. Zahn's just like, we're just having a joke. We're just joking. Like, we didn't mean any, like, blah, blah, uh, blah. They don't actually say. I thought he apologize. did the first thing he said. I mean, maybe I missed it, but I was particularly looking out for it because like mm. do they apologize at this point would that diffuse everything because sure he backs off and says he was just playing but there's nothing where he's insinuating he won't continue to play with them but anyway he backs off and then we fade to black which is a little bit weird we don't get the end of the scene yeah um and then they're just somewhere yeah with their car fixed up <laughs> he's on the phone talking to the girl like getting his like a whole body repair whole new windshield i'm like i want how much money that would cost like i'm so sorry that costs more than his car i'm sure to get all of that fixed he could have gone like a better car absolutely and yeah. you're fucked up for life like the situation you just went through like that scars you for life yeah. <laughs> ruined you killed a man like and instead he's like i still want to sleep with this chick so uh let's just give her a <laughs> ring let's not scare her too much <laughs> yeah that was stupid all your plans would change like this is the point in the movie where like oh, everything would be different you know but yeah they don't tell her anything zahn is still heading to denver we do get a shot of crosses on the side of the road because they're trying to like insinuate how many people die as always which i liked i like the roadside crosses yeah and then, i didn't yeah, they see did. them <laughs> <laughs> at this point they pull out the cb radio and throw it out of the car like cool smart which is the first smart thing they've done I have to ask Al, is it this arid, like uh, the route they're taking to Boulder, is it like that desolate and kind of like deserty like that? Or like that empty? Not all of it, but yeah. Uh, Mm. Not all of it, but yeah, parts of it are. If you go around the north side. Mm. Yeah, but maybe not quite as deserty. I don't know exactly what they shot all of this, to be fair. But the timings definitely are working. Nice. Yeah, so like we're going to cut now to Lily. Finally, they're going to pick her up. And like every 2001 woman, she's just, you know, sitting in a tight top with no bra on by the sun, coming in through the window, reading a book. Like, it's just so fucking overly like, oh, look, it's the pretty woman of the film. (laughs) Katie was like, are you kidding me? And yeah, they're not going to tell her anything. They're going to pretend everything's fine. We're going to get some more goofiness. I mean, this feels like it could be the beginning of a different movie, right? This is like episode two, essentially. Yeah. yeah. She's going to be saying goodbye to her hot friend, Charlotte, who's in like some fancy, like expensive BMW. Car. They're going to be roommates the next year. I love Steve Zahn's line when she like, because he's trying to convince her to come with, with them and she can't. And then she drives off and he's like, so like Charlotte, just waving and driving off like that. <laughs> I find <laughs> yeah, Steve that was funny. That, see, he's funny, man. He's charming he too. Like he's genuinely like in the second half, I find him really endearing. I mean, he's knucklehead, but like you wouldn't yeah. find him endearing if you saw a deleted scene that we're going to get to in a little. Oh, bit. really? Yeah. So yeah, this is a refresh. They're entering Nebraska, which means they're taking the top route round. They're not going through the direct route, by the way. Kansas City, Missouri, pretty dull states. They're going up on the north, the sort of Chicago route round to New Jersey, and they're all getting. And this is weird because like. 
Paul Walker and Lily are getting really cozy and they look like they're literally about to kiss immediately. And then Steve's arms in the back of the car. It's like, you two should make out right now. So then they don't. And we're definitely getting a weird vibe from Steve. As soon as he sees Lily, you can see he's like, hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Maybe it I was kind of weird. Is it, you're talking about like when she came back and like had the hat that she bought for him and stuff like that. She gets in the car and then all of a sudden this shot is like them two like together. Yeah, like, they're how like did on he, each other's laps. Yeah, like how it's did he of, get yeah. there? And Don't then know. when they leave, he's on the he's on his side. Like yeah, there was no sense. like showing of like them moving towards each other. It was a little confusing. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, they head off now to the Owl Motel, and Steve Zahn drags him to the bar to get drunk. He's fucking hilarious in this scene. I fucking love him. I love this him is my in this scene. Favorite. Yeah. Steve's on from the beginning of like when they're just drunk and then she's like I can tie a knot and cherry stem and he just looks at her like shut up and like slams shut the table <laughs> and it's just this complete like oh so good deadpan in this scene this is my second favorite thing of the movie your second favorite okay we'll see if we get to I'll it. tell you later <laughs> I love it I love it like this movie just killed me and Katie as well so Zan clearly wants to make the moves on her though in this scene and then we get this brilliant bit where he goes off to the toilet whatever uh paul walker is putting something on a jukebox and lily goes to get some drinks and then this just like aggressive man in a hat just walks over and starts like hassling her and then three men stand around him who are all like you know fucking 48 or something and look terrifying like the guy directly <laughs> behind is terrifying yeah and then paul comes back and they're like hey like you know what's happening and he's just gonna be like is this your bitch <laughs> You better tell your bitch to shut up. And it's fucking honestly, it's so funny because then Steve Zahn just comes over and goes, "Bitch, you shut up." <laughs> that was my favorite. That's my second that was favorite, my part. favorite thing. I was like, movie, finally, yeah. he does something smart. And then he's like, he so names funny. her. She was like, Daisy, you get out here, Daisy. <laughs> you bitch. It was so good. And he just turns and was like, "Thank you, guys. You can't turn your back for one minute." <laughs> so funny. It was funny. That was it funny. Is fucking brilliant i love it i hope i, I hope that scene was like a situation what's it called um just ad-libbed. ad-libbed yeah i really hope i hope <laughs> but that shit does happen there's guys out there like that like it's not too it's not far-fetched like no sure i was like oh yeah i forgot that's what brandon does he's like bitch come <laughs> I was walking, I remember I was like in San Francisco and this dude was following me and my friend West on like the opposite side of the street and like yelling at West. He was like, hey, is that your girlfriend? Your girlfriend looks like she could beat you up, dude. She looks like she could beat you up and she's going to date me. And I was like, I'm calling what? Uber. Yeah. <laughs> Men are wild. Men are, yeah. Boys listening, don't act like this, please. It's just that, it's just that like, yeah, it's like you said, I've seen this happen maybe not quite this aggressively but it's just like but what are you hoping for <laughs> well what's for men who are clearly like three times her age with hats on is like if you if you fancy a girl and you've already got all those disadvantages like going on for you maybe be nice yeah <laughs> what are you hoping for when you come over and you're just like hey sweet cheeks like <laughs> it's just stop being aggressive it's fucking ridiculous anyway um but fuller was funny go. Fuller got that one. And then they head out. They're going to go to their motel rooms, their separate rooms. I like Paul Walker's line here. It's like, we're just going to head to our spinning motel room. Oh, wait. Can Uh, we talk mm -hmm. about how Fuller, like, when he was, like, flirting, like, opening the door Oh, he almost kissed her. And she almost let him. 
Mm. Dirty birdie. Yeah, she was kind of into it for that split second. She was into him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Katie was noticing here that they do a smart job, but they keep semis in the background. There's always a sound of a semi truck driving by. Oh, Katie's smart. Subconsciously, which is cool. Good job, Katie. Wow. So Zahn puts on some porn for him and Paul to watch. His porn just goes. Why do you guys do that? I don't get that. To I mean, get together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why do you want to watch porn with I your mean, brother? No, guys, yeah, I know. With your I think brother. I've only, I've only once in my life watched porn with friends. Only once in my life with like male friends. <laughs> I watched it with female friends, Carla, but never with male friends. Why did you do that, Al? With your brother? No, that was like our band. And it was just one night where we were like, someone said something. We we're like, oh, you have to see this. And then we went and watched it. Oh, but, I've done uh, that's that not with something my friends. Like, that's yeah, different. But it's not like when you go to a hotel room, you're like, sure, let's put on some porn. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> not with your, anybody. Not with anybody. <laughs> no. Uh, but Fuller would do something like that. Guys like mm-hmm, that do things like that. So he was, He's a horny boy. It's just, no, it's not that. It's just that. No, it is. that type of guy. They really... They really nailed that type of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, all right. Let's go. Let's get to it now, shall we? Because Paul blacks out and Zan starts talking to him, knowing that he's blacked out, going like, yeah, so you two are just friends, right? So if I made a move, that would be cool. He's like, cool, cool. If you'd say, you know, just let me know. Just say something. Like, oh, okay. You didn't say anything. Cool. I'm going to go make a move. So he goes over to her room. She's definitely reluctant. She's immediately like, where's your better half? But he manages to convince his way into the room so they can hang out, have some drinkies. Keep she drinking. lets him he, in. I know. And he keeps forcing her to get drunker oh, and so drunker. So gross. So gross. Yeah, it's Which I'm going to be like, honest. Like, uh, honest to God. He would have raped I've, her if, if she... Like, no, I was scared. Get he would have had the same she, conversation that he I thought he was trying to roofie her We're for a second. We're going to get to mm. it. But it's not like, I've genuinely like... I mean, I guess, I mean, our guys are like this then, I guess. Like, I'm not being naive, but like, guys are like this sometimes. Yeah. Are you asking us? I've never, like, if I've ever wanted to sleep with a woman, I very purposely, like, if she gets too drunk, then I just don't want to sleep with her. So many guys, I've, I feel like you're like out in public or even like when I was in college, I remember having like a distinct interaction with this like older, like a master's student. We were at like a gallery night or whatever. And he was like, how are you? I was like, oh, I'm kind of drunk right now. And everyone's dancing. He pulled me closer. He was like, oh, good, good. And this being like, upsets oh. me so much, man. Like guys, guys are Not gross. trying to sound like a nice guy, but I honestly, like it upsets me so much. I can't even, like <laughs> honest to God, like I've had times when women have like made a move to me and they're so drunk. I'm just like, no, there's absolutely no way. And I spend time trying to make them sober up before we can decide if we're going to do something. You like, need to get some... You need to get some fuller in you, I guess. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do not. Because here's the thing with this thing. He's trying to make her really drunk, which is like, at that time was horrible. Now, looking back, it's like even worse. It's like, okay, yeah. so you're just yeah. trying to like get Ex- a drunken raper, basically. Especially after he just had that conversation with his brother who was sleeping and took that as an okay. Oh, I his told you, so that's okay. His country and bought a car for this girl. I know. Oh, you didn't say anything because you're sleeping and wasted and passed out. So I guess that's oh, yeah, okay. So I could do the same thing to her. And everything. Oh, God. But he's the older brother and he's like, he doesn't, he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's a bad guy. He, he's that this guy. This is where one of the deleted scenes is. What is it? Tell us. Tell us. So before we get to that, she's lying and drunk saying, what's amazing is nobody knows where we are right now. If anybody wanted to find us, they couldn't. Like putting these little lines in to let us know how, you know, when shit goes down, how bad it's going to be for them. And then we're going to cut back and forth with Paul's motel room. The phone starts ringing and then he picks it up and Rusty Nails on the phone this time says, now I thought you said that there was no girl. 
And then says, so what's she doing in the other room with your brother? Oh, in so the original good. edit of this, they're doing a lot, lot more. Start Steve Alexam is fucking he starts like he gets on top of her he starts forcing himself to like make out with her she keeps saying like no 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 basically and then he literally is like about to rape her essentially no as Paul really Walker, like, it is really uncomfortable very aggressive and he's like no he's just going for it he's just like she's drunk enough i'm just gonna go for this now and she keeps like basically trying to stop him i'm really glad they kept that out like, yeah, because then you would really, nothing. really hate him, hate him, hate him. Yeah, like you that, wouldn't want him to like survive. That but adds it makes nothing sense to the because movie, when you though, watch too. the movie and Paul walks into the room, she does some terrible acting for a second, where he's like, "Rusty's out there, like he knows, he knows," and she's like, she doesn't give the correct response. She doesn't give the correct response to someone bursting in your room and saying like someone's out there watching. And the reason is because in the original edit, her response is to just having this person who she kind of trusted literally try and basically rape her and then Paul running into the room and she's processing a lot of stuff. Mm. So her bad acting makes a lot more sense when you see the original edit of what she was meant to be responding to. I didn't notice her acting in that scene. I didn't either. It's just not where it should be. Like initially, it takes her a while to get on board with the situation and it's just not right. But yeah, so anyway, that's not how we get the story, but that's definitely how it originally was. And yeah, we do get this cool line where she's like, how scared am I supposed to be? And then the phone starts ringing and Steve's arm's just like more than usual. And this is where I start to lose even more of what they're doing because they abandon the motel for some fucking reason. Like you well, got three Well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like that guy came in to a motel and ripped somebody's jaw off. Yeah, yeah but you know I what would, they're not safe there too. either. There are three of them. There are people around you and you ring the fucking cops immediately. And instead they run to their car, drive away. And then Zahn says, let's go to the police. It's like, well, if that was your intention, just ring the fucking police. But like, they're also in the middle of nowhere, you. you know, like Not how soon really, there's a motel, there's oh, a few true, bits and bobs around. Like, this is like, no, this is really stupid logic. Mm-hmm. And then as they're driving, we get a very funny setup where they're passing signs and only Steve notices that they have written something on each, Rusty Nill has written something on each signpost that says, look in the <laughs> trunk. <laughs> and then they pull over and the last sign says their name, like Lewis on it. Mm-mm. And when they go in the trunk, they think they're going to find a dead body, but nope, it's a CB radio. The same I one they chucked out. They were going to find someone's jaw, like the guy's jaw in it, honestly. It's so much cooler, though, that it is just a CB radio. Yeah. It yeah. makes the CB radio mm-hmm. spooky. Like, mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Like, I'm excited. I really want a CB radio, but I'm also scared of them because of this movie. Don't get one. And this is where it doesn't make sense. Again, more action. So Zan's like, we'll just plug it in. We won't talk. I like, don't. Then what's the point? You just yeah. going to listen to him? What do you want to hear? You don't plug it in. You just keep going to the police. It's fucking, you just throw it back out on the road. There's mm-hmm. no world where because he did that, I plug it back in. He's got nothing on them right now. And the only thing that can happen if they turn on the CB is they will find out what they do find out, which is that he has taken Charlotte somehow. How did he? Yeah. I mean, he's been following them the entire time, basically. Which I feel you'd see that semi-truck outside her stately school. <laughs> if, I think that's what CU Boulder it's supposed to be. <laughs> CU yeah, Boulder, like definitely. CB radio. Jeez. Anyway, to explain everything that happened to Lily off screen. Rusty starts yeah, talking about how he's got Charlotte and how to make a body identifiable. We're taking away the jaw. And then he tells them meet him at this state line parking lot. Doesn't say what state line, but I'm kind of following it across the map. Mm-hmm. 
So it's daybreak. We're at this parking lot. There's a big old sort of diner thing there. And he tells the boys that they need to head inside naked, sit at the counter, order six cheeseburgers. And they think it's a good idea to leave Lily. She's like, I'm not sitting in the car alone. And Paul's like, no, it's fine. Just honk the horn if something happens. I mean, the thing is there are, there are a lot of people around in that parking lot, yeah, it seems it's like. Like it's like, a, yeah. I mean, again, if you're not choosing to ring the police or do anything or get help from any of these people, then why would you think that makes things safer? I don't know. It just, none of this really rings true to me, but it gives us some fun scenes. We get to see Paul Walker's incredibly cute little butt. Oh my God. Oh my he God. has such a tight little butt. Good for him. It's tiny. What the hell? Like... Itty bitty, even even a uh, Steve Zang. Like I'm like, good yeah. for you. But Steve Zang just like walks in a like awkward, funny way, whereas Paul Walker's got that sexy confidence strut. And it made him. me want to work out. <laughs> Same. I mean, it is nice, I guess, in a movie like this. Like, there's no female. Like, sure, you like she's not wearing a bra at one point or whatever. But the only nudity is the guys. Which is yeah, that like, was interesting. I like how also like sh- like she's an active participant. Like she's she's be- making smart, confident. She's choices. strong. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's strong. Well, yeah, she is at this point. <laughs> but yeah, so Rusty gets on the radio to her and says, "Look, here's what I want you to do." Oh, well, he starts first of all talking about, "Isn't it nice now?" Like they're the brunt of the joke, and she's like, "Look, I agree. What they did was terrible." And he's like, look, if you want to see Charlotte, here's what you got to do. And we're not going to hear what he tells her to do. So they're ordering cheeseburgers. She honks the horn. They I'm run back out. hungry for cheeseburgers. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> we always do this. I I, we made burgers last night. I want it. So they go back to the fucking car and she's like, Rusty told me we've got to go to this cornfield. It's like, what's the point of that entire, like the entire scene felt so weird to me. It's like, why does he need to get them out of the car into a diner to then tell her to go some, that they all need to go somewhere else? Like it made no sense. Yeah. It's really weird. And this is where, from this point onwards, this is where the film, this final act is going to come off the rails for me a little bit in terms of the scenes could be fun, but nothing makes sense. Like it all feels very disjointed. And very all over the place. Mm-hmm. Did either of you feel that at all or not? Am I just saying it? I felt because I just feel like whatever she he like told her to do doesn't like make sense. Like it didn't really like, it just felt like too weird of like a jump. Like it was just like, why was she honking her horn if nothing happened? Like I was expecting yeah, like, I her to be taken. To so this mm-hmm. part of like the entirety of the movie felt like the, the sloppiest or like the messiest, like just the way like time worked. But, it's just like stuff yeah. happens. Like yeah, they get to like this cornfield and he gets them get out of the car and then he drives them into the cornfield to basically try and kidnap her. It's like yeah. you could have just taken her at a diner. Like there's so many different ways you could do it. It's all so messy. Not to spoil anything, but when I watched again the Blu-ray version of this, the deleted scenes, mm-hmm. there are four different endings for this movie oh. that they shot. Uh, in part at least. And one of them do you want to know how long one of the different endings is for what? this movie? Hmm. Half an hour from the diner onwards. No, this was a completely different movie, and it explained so much because as we're watching this, I was saying to Katie, like, this feels so disjointed. I don't know why they're going here. I don't understand any of this story progression. When you watch the original half an hour, it's all radically different it ends in the cornfield the cornfield is the end of the movie oh that would have been horrible i don't no. want to go to the cornfield again it was already too long in the cornfield no but it's a completely different scene How, in wait the, what in happens the um there's a whole well i'll get to it at the end we'll go through it when we get mm-hmm. to the end but i don't know if you noticed because katie picked up on it we didn't even know that it was a whole different half an hour you know originally shot for this and katie's like why when they're running through the cornfield does steve's on occasionally have a police uniform on and a hat 
And as soon oh. as she said it, we started counting it. And there are like four or five shots where they don't even hide it. Steve Zahn's just in a different costume. Whoa, I didn't even see that. I didn't notice that at all. It's insane when you notice it. And once you see the ending, you're like, oh, that's because that's from the original version of the end and they didn't have the time or money to reshoot any of this stuff oh my god it. so it's that's weird crazy so i guess he was uh dresses up as a police officer in another yeah we'll, we'll get there but it was so weird we're like why the fuck is he in fancy dress anyway they do get split up rusty takes lily and then he tunes his radio to some old-timey spooky music um, which was awesome just- i thought that was so sick <sighs> yeah yeah, no, I like the music. It's, it's, it's the echoey across the cornfields is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And we get to start to see him here, which again, I think we've all agreed we're not a fan of seeing someone. Like, I like that you don't see him and I like that you didn't see the guy in Duel. I don't want to see him. And if I do want to see him, yeah, I don't want him to look how you imagine truck drivers to be. Just some, you know, like, it's just so cliche. I wish cliched. he was like, just like you, we just saw his boots or something. Or just was like, it wasn't to like imply that he was so horrific looking. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Well, like, I mean, I like that they didn't, like, really, really show him. They still kind of kept it a little mysterious. Like, you never really got that shot, shot, shot of him, you know? Mm-hmm. It was still kind of, like, dark. And But he said earlier in the movie that I don't think I'm going to be what you expect me to be. Or, yeah. So I felt mm-hmm. like there was going to be something really bad with his face. Like, maybe he had this, I don't know, half of it was burnt off, or I felt yeah. like there there was something different about him, but it didn't look no, like that. You're just when, a cliched fat trucker. Basically. So <laughs> then there's nothing really that different, you know, like, I don't... It's exactly don't how, unfortunately, most people would imagine a semi yeah. would be. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, he drives off, and a fire. he starts a fire in a car, which you might be confused about, but there's a lot of fire in the original ending of this Cornfield movie. So. No. And then they hear Lily screaming over the CB radio. Again, it just all feels so thrown together for the sake of now we have a Cornfield thing. Now and the pink champagne thing. is left or in the car front seat. Yes, yes. And Rusty tells him, go to Medford. Room 17, midnight, bring the pink champagne. This is the first time. Katie and I spent a long time. There is no Medford on their route anywhere. Mm. And it's weird because they showed the signpost, so I don't know where this is, but whatever. So they steal a truck in Nebraska. And I had to do Mm. some license plate checking to get that one right because (laughs) see what the images are on the license plates in this car park lot. And then we're going to cut to a motel room. Lots of red this time. Rusty Nell is sellotaping Lily to a chair. He's putting a shotgun facing her and tying it to the door. So when someone opens the door, it'll blow her head off. And they're going to turn up again. It's fairly rushed. They get to this place and they realize he didn't tell them which motel. So they have to start going from motel room to motel room. Well, motel to motel, hitting number 17 in each one. Mm-hmm. This is where we definitely do get to see him. He's looking out a hotel window a couple of times here. and Yeah, you see him pretty clearly. Um, and then he rings the police and says he wants to report some dead bodies and then hangs up. And they're going to do a silence, weirdly, because it's Ted Levine doing a voice of this, Silence of the Lambs uh, guy. They're going to do a Silence of the Lambs here where the boys get to a room and we're like, this is the last motel, so this has to be it. They go to open 17. Lily's looking scared because she can hear them. Do you think the shotgun's going to go off? But no, they're actually opening the door in the room next to her. So her smart. Room. Yeah, that was smart. I like that move. Well, this is literally stolen from Silence of the Lambs where they do it. Oh, I never saw it, so... (laughs) Spoilers for that movie. So there's an incredible moment of this in that movie. 
And then Rusty rings them from room to room and says, the point is that this is all a joke. And Paul begins to realize he's in the next room. Lily's trying to get pins out of the chair so she can try to break free, but that doesn't actually go anywhere in this ending. Mm-hmm. Zang goes running off round the back without me really understanding what's going on. I was like, where the fuck's he going? As Paul tries to keep Rusty on the phone and then Zahn finds the back window and Rusty smashes through the glass and grabs him. And then he tries to make him watch as Paul's going to open that front door, but Zahn breaks free and warns him just in time and then impales his leg on something. Yeah, the piping. Mm-hmm. Now, someone would have heard all of this by now. Windows are broken. People are screaming. Like, there Maybe are just one rooms. of those motels that, you know, don't ask. Keep to yourself. Yeah, keep to yourself. So Paul decides to go for his brother, but he's gone. And Rusty Semi there is there pulling away. And then he finds his brother hanging up, still impaled. Cops begin to show up. They find a desk clerk dead. Um, so maybe Rusty killed all the people in all these motel rooms. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and then the cops start bashing down the doors one by one, approaching Lily's room. So I'm blazing through this a little bit because we can get to our feelings at the end. And there's different versions of this. God. Paul saves Lily just at the last second as the cops are about to open the door and the shotgun's about to go off. Um, and then Rusty drives towards on and the cops who are, they've like, they think Paul, like they busted into room, obviously, and seen Paul, and they think maybe he did something. And they let him run away without shooting at him, which is a Yeah, no. I was surprised. Unlikely. Mm-hmm. And then the cops, yeah, they see the semi, so they start shooting at it. Paul saves his brother, also just in time. And then the truck drives straight through the motel room, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And then it gets a little bit confusing for a second. They kind of breeze through this. By the way, this is so loud. When a truck drives through the motel room, the bass on one of our speakers knocks the entire front of our speaker off. It like flew what? across the room. Oh, man. <laughs> I'd be so scared if that scary. happened. Uh, they find Charlotte. She's in the back of the semi. Fine. I'd forgotten all about her. I'd be like, whatever. Yeah, I'm surprised she's alive. She's just having a good time back there just hanging out so no one let's be clear nobody dies in this movie yeah it's in all the characters i was so surprised so yeah i was too i thought steve like the brother was gonna die get smashed by the semi yeah i thought he was already dead like i thought he was impaled in the like the chest or something like his jaw was gonna be off or something crazy yeah rusty nail doesn't even die we're gonna get we're gonna find out because they find a body in the semi but apparently rusty nail has been taking the guy who's driving the nice mustache guy who drove the ice truck and then he propped his body i guess in the semi truck to drive through that shot reminded me of duel also with like the blood dripping down in the semi yeah Mm. absolutely and then, yeah, we're, gonna, we're at the end. They think everything's fine. And then they hear the CB radio spark back in. And they hear Rusty saying, which I do appreciate, the same first lines he said at the beginning of the film. Looking forward to the storm. Keeps everyone inside. Washes everything clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's pretty good. And credits just kicks in. Good job. So, I mean, we're to believe he's got another semi somewhere, somehow, that he quickly jumped out of this one, jumped into another one, and then drove off on his CB radio. Like, it's... Or is he just sitting in a room with a CB radio pretending to be in a semi saying these lines to creep them out? You know? It's a little weird. So that's the movie as it was. The original ending. They chase a semi, which comes out to her when they're in the diner. So when they're inside in the diner, the semi comes after and gets her. They chase after the semi in daylight from the diner. 
They then do this big crash. They get taken away to jail. The police thing go with them in the rain to a semi-graveyard where they manage to basically track down where Charlotte is. Oh my they God. Her, they find her strung up in a truck, which she's not dead, unfortunately, but it looks really cool. There's like blood everywhere and it's shot really nicely. They then have to kidnap a cop's car to go after him because the cops aren't doing it. They find the ambulance is uh, that took her away and is overturned because Lily went with her. She's gone. They then trace the semi eventually to a cornfield. Zahn then puts on this cop uniform <laughs> for reasons. And this corn scene is like much longer than at the end. They end up shooting the truck as it gets this like gas tank rolling at the front of it. And it's literally the end of Jaws, like the shark with the gas tank. This is the truck with the gas tank. So if you're talking about Jaws being Jaws before Jaws, this has been Jaws afterwards. The, the tank then explodes. The semi is on fire. They all get taken away to hospital. You see Rusty Nail in hospital as the, as the doctors are trying to save him, but they don't and he dies. And that's basically the end. <laughs> Whoa. I That is so different. Kind of Very. like. I don't know. I think I kind of want to watch the new ending. Well, look, here's what I'll say. I think, you know, obviously it makes more poetic sense that the ending of the movie is him replicating what they did to him. I like originally. this ending. Yeah. I like our ending. Originally. I do think between the footage, unfortunately, it's not cleaned up. It's like looking pretty digital and shitty in the deleted scenes. But I do think there are scenes in that original ending which make much more sense in story. And I think you could edit something together from the two that we have to make something much better for this last act. They did also do the motel shoot. They reshot it. And here's the problem. They didn't have much time and they had a bunch of different endings and they didn't know which one they were going to go with. So they tried to shoot footage that would be work for any of the endings, Mm. which means you're not really shooting properly. So they shot the motel ending where they wanted the guys to confront Rusty. And there's a lot more. There's a bigger fight that happens. The director sort of liked this one. He said it got a really good test audience reaction because it was quite brutal. Then there's another shot where Venna actually does save the day. Uh, She gets out from her seat. And when you think that the cops have set off the shotgun, it's actually that she has got out, got the shotgun, and then she kills Rusty Nail. uh, Oh, I like that. I like that too. Yep. Strong women. But they don't show any of it because they didn't have time to shoot it. So they literally just show her at the end holding the shotgun, basically. (laughs) And then there's another ending, which they only have mostly like half footage and then half storyboard, which had Paul smack Rusty, then drive his semi into him. And then he pulls Paul into the room and Zahn runs around the building and then Paul pushes the chair and Rusty gets, so like Rusty ends up getting shot by his own shotgun trap. Essentially the cops burst in, they push Lily out of the way, Rusty standing there and he gets killed by his own trap. That was kind of like an ending they went with for a while. And then happy ending as Steve Zahn's on the phone to their dad. And everybody's all like lovey. No way. Yep. Jeez. <laughs> so, I mean, they didn't, I mean, look, it's, it's a mess. They didn't know what to do with the end of this movie. There was also Lily shot two different romantic interludes, one with each of the brothers. That's how it reads on IMDb. Let me tell you, the deleted scene with her, Steve Zahn, not a romantic interlude Mm-mm. whatsoever. Yeah, horrible. God, wow. Um, Jeez. But the ones with Paul Walker, I presume there was something sexy with them. And... Yeah, those are most of the most of the important facts of this movie. So there you go. Cool. Um, I hope right. you both enjoyed it mildly because we're going to get to what we're covering next week in a second. I but looked up the out. Rotten Tomatoes for next week. Did you? Oh God! I did. I did. I had to brace myself because I I know you said this was going to be the new high point, and I I just got scared. I just had flashbacks to Hitcher two and Highway. Yeah, then. we'll see. Let's start with Heaven then this time. How did you um, feel about Joyride? I actually really enjoyed it. Like I was completely engaged because at first I was like, oh, like I started watching it kind of late. 
I really liked it. It was like a good, fun movie. I thought it was well done. I liked the characters. I think this is my second high point since Hitcher. I thought the lighting was really, really cool. And like visually, I think I thought it was like what moments like the painting scene in the motel when they're listening through the wall was just so, so cool. Yeah, this is my new, my second favorite uh, road pursuit slasher next to the original Hitcher. I would watch this movie again with like one of my roommates just for like fun. And it doesn't feel too dated for you as someone who wasn't, you know, cogent really in that era. I mean, the only thing that's really dated is like some of the humor and like the clothes, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's fantastic fashion. (laughs) But other than that, like, no, yeah, like I, it makes me not want to drive across the country by myself. Like usually I'm very comfortable. Like I'll do that drive up the five to San Francisco by myself all the time. Usually have a great time. I'll even like stop at a gas station, like eat a snack by my car, like parked outside. But this, this makes me rethink that this movie, I think for people who drive a lot and long and far by themselves will make you reconsider. It's, it's a fun, good movie. Like I, I had a really good time. Like I actually, I really liked Joyride. It was fun. Awesome. Christina. I liked it. It was okay. I wasn't dying while I watched it, so that was good. <laughs> um, there were some moments that really made me happy. I mean, those two moments I pointed out, the walk from the gas station to the car made me so happy. I love that that's your highlight. That's so fucking funny. And when Fuller, when Fuller, you know, save the day at the bar that made me very very happy i loved it but like in the sense that would i be like out of all of the movies we've watched so far if i were talking to somebody i'd be like oh you have you have to watch the hitcher you have to watch the original hitcher Mm -hmm. so good and also i don't know i think you should watch duel too i think that's like a great movie like even though i was so bored at yeah. times i was gonna say you were both pretty down on it that week i know i miss duel now <laughs> i miss duel and just like the concept of it the way it was shot and just like the style and mm-hmm. uh there's so many actually great things about it even though i was just like i yeah i was i was dying at times when i was just like oh my god it's just gonna be this is all it is but mm-hmm. it is really cool to I think it's something that people should watch. And I think The Hitcher is something people should watch. Is Joyride something people should watch? Meh. For fun, yeah. And then, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you'd have to watch it. I don't think it's a movie you have to watch. Yeah. But I think yeah. those other two, you have to watch. And this one, just kind of like, I don't know. I don't think you have to watch it. Yeah, but I'll tell you what you do. We have to watch it. You have to watch the next two fucking films. Um, And my thoughts about the next two films, like, it always goes downhill from here, so. Yeah, you might think more fondly of this. Give it two weeks. Yeah. I'm not stoked Uh, for the next two films. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious about the third one though because I also looked at the IMDb score for the third one. Don't look up too much. Don't look up too much. You'll know the score is fine, but yeah. Yeah, I feel pretty good because we have some people who have been messaging me who I know a little bit or who are, you know listen to our podcast and they're actually watching these films along with us, which is always nice when Aww. people actually take time to watch it as well. As listen. And one person in particular, uh, Ariel, just messaged me because she had just watched The Hitcher 2 before she listened to our podcast and she was like, 
you better do a good fucking podcast because I just li- I just watch the hit shit. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> so better be worth listening to. So I, and I feel bad some weeks with people because I can't always promise we're going to do a good show. I think we did an alright show last week, and I think this week's been pretty fun because we're all a bit more engaged. It's hard when we're not engaged with a movie because mm-hmm. there are things to talk about. And that's the thing with you, right? Look, if you, this is the end of the Scream era. If you like that Scream era stuff, and that is a definite type of flavor, that is the Dawson's Creek type of flavor. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're into that stuff. Um, I'm into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know you are. I know, but I hear what you're saying. It's like, if I was going to say to people, you have to see this. No, absolutely you don't. There would be the caveat of you need to be into that type of movie. And this isn't as heavily 90s as some of those are. But there are definitely tinges of that. I think it's a little bit more sophisticated in places. But I think it's just a great time. And there's, because there's charisma. Again, like that's not what we haven't yeah. had for weeks yeah. now. It's charisma. I mean, honestly, it is the third favorite of, of all of the, of all mm-hmm. the yeah. road, road Pursuit ones. It's three on my list. So it's up exactly. there. Yeah. It's got, it's got to be up there compared to the stuff we've been watching. But, you yeah, know, I always look at this, like, really and fondly. And once I realized J.J. Abrams had written it, it made sense. It's like, yes, there is a quality creative behind this. I think it's directed really nicely. I think all the acting is good enough. And I yeah. think without, without Steve Zahn, yes, this would be kind of dull, to be honest. But he, like, spikes it. And sometimes it can make you bristle because it's a little outdated. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, I think he just brings that energy you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last act is just a mess. Like, I think there's some fun stuff that happens in that last act. It's not coherent in its final act of what people's motives are, including Rusty Nails. Yeah. But those first two acts, I have a really great time with. And I love that it keeps like, even though I would do more than they're doing, I don't agree with their actions. I love that it just keeps sort of restarting and sort of sort of like shuffling the deck again. And you're not sure mm-hmm. quite where it's going to go. Yeah. I just really enjoy this movie. Like I really do. And very strangely, I've never seen the sequels. Like I definitely saw a bit of two Ooh. and stopped. <laughs> You've never no seen way. them? I've never seen two or three. Oh, shit. Uh, so Whoa. I'm excited to watch them with you both. We will tease a little bit about next week. I will say some people I know like. I know some people who really like number three. I, uh, we'll see when we get there. Because <laughs> people I know sometimes have very controversial opinions on things. But we'll tease next week's in a brief second. If you are listening to us again, thank you for making it this far. We hope you can watch some of these movies along with us. Please do subscribe and rate for us. And you can follow me on all of the social medias as Mr. Al White. We're starting to do, hopefully, or we've already been starting to do, as we record, we're doing the first one tonight, some Zoom hangouts where you can hang out with us um, and different people from our podcast Mm -hmm. crew talk about whatever you want to talk about. And we're going to play some Jackbox or some other things just to hang out. Will Candy Cane be there? Candy Cane will definitely be there. Uh, we're expecting Good. Alex will have his little cute butt hanging out, Paul Walker style. That's nice. happen. Spice of life right there. <laughs> Does Alex know that he's going to be doing that tonight? No, he's just always naked every time, oh. I, every time I talk to Alex. Good. Oh, hmm. That's how Great. we do this podcast. <laughs> and you can play Xbox with me, Mr. Alway. You can play stuff on the PlayStation, Mr. Alway. And my Switch code is out there on Twitter if you scroll back in a few weeks. Heaven, what about you? You could find me at Heaven Devera at Twitter. Not very active, but I might change that. You never know. I got to be honest. Heaven's a fucking nightmare to get to reply to anything. So if you message her and she, <laughs> she doesn't get back to you, don't take it personally. That's message me in a haiku format and then I'll message you back in a haiku format. Is that what we have to do to get you to reply for like timings of the podcast? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, noted. Christine. <laughs> I'm on Instagram and Twitter at underscore hi Christina. When are you doing your hangout, which I'm buying tickets for? Oh, 
oh, I'm doing a hangout. What I, date is that? I don't, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's on well, your fucking Instagram. I know. I'm right now. Let me see. Hold on, I have to open right. it. My computer is being weird. It is on May the 16th. Yes. Oh, yeah. So you got plenty of time when by the time this goes up. You've got yeah. Many, many okay. Got I got it here. Yeah. Saturday, May 16th. It's at VirtueCon. Well, if they just follow your Instagram, you'll get you post it. Yeah. You'll see it on my Instagram, guys. It. Your Instagram you is links. so cool, Christina. Sorry. If you want to do it's like. What a, did you just follow me now, Heaven? What no, the I'm hell? just properly looking at it now. I'm properly looking at it now. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Youth of today. Mm-hmm. yeah if you want to it's like a virtual comic-con kind of thing isn't it like there are different panel guests coming and chatting to people and you just buy your tickets online and then you can like yeah meet and greet essentially isn't it yeah q a oh why don't you oh i posted it twice oh how yeah, rude did. no you're really excited i could tell oh no why did that happen delete how embarrassing guys what were you gonna say al do you wanna i <laughs> you you sell me better than i sell me <laughs> do I want to be your manager? Yeah. <laughs> my sure. spokesperson. Can you be my spokesperson? No. Um, okay. But yeah, people should go and, and hang out. Cool. All right. So next week, Joyride 2, or if you go on IMDb, it's called Roadkill 2, just to confuse everything. Joyride 2, Dead Ahead. I'm going to read you the synopsis. After their car breaks down in the desert, four friends try to find their way back to civilization while trying to escape rusty nails of bloody wrath. So, you know, fine. Sounds like what, we, what you'd expect. But we've got four friends this time. So we're just amping it up. Do you remember, both of you, that I already told you a fact about this movie no. during this, this entire series? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the facts again. <laughs> And then I'm going to hope to see you both next week still. What is it? <laughs> Joyride 2. We'll be dealing with it next week from the director of The Hitcher 2. I've oh been waiting. Oh my God. No. <gasps> For some reason, they thought that was a good idea. It has to be better, right? It's got to be better. Christine, I'm making the same face right oh now. Oh my God. Wait, what was The Hitcher 2 again? Remind me. Picture two, where he's the cop, the violent cop. Oh my god, the violent cop! You got the plane, and then you've got the killer who's like meant to be Rutger Hauer, but he's not Rutger Hauer. He's changing costumes. The blonde guy, the fancy, fancy dresses. Oh my god, what are we gonna do? I'm about to cry. Why did it do? Did they watch that movie? There was an issue. You know who did a good job doing the sequel to The Hitcher? Let's get them to do the sequel to Joyride. It's like, it makes what no fucking sense. What the hell? Wait, is it still J.J. Abrams? No. Yeah, that's <laughs> why. That's why. See, maybe the same people bought the rights that who it's, bought Hitcher 2. I mean, two. yeah, this is seven years later. So this oh will be just pretty soon. Here's the thing. This is... When you look up when this director did The Hitcher 2, he did one other movie in between, and then he did this one. So it's not even like he's going to have learnt much. <laughs> oh no, what were they thinking? All we can pray is that he had a mildly bigger budget. That's it. That's all we can hope for. I mean, I never say this, but I could probably do better. Sam. Yeah, I mean, you could. Yeah. His IMDb official photo, by the way, is terrifying. He's holding like a weird sort of werewolf puppet. But it's just like on a blurry iPhone photo in someone's no, room with a bookcase. Why? Why would anybody <laughs> do that? That's so weird that they hired him. I feel like the Hitcher too, and like it's like the the room, the room of horror road pursuit flashers. Is it slashers. Though? 
I don't know. No, I mean, I think it's unanimously been our least favorite so far. I think we can. Well, we haven't watched Joyride two yet, so don't count your chickens before they hatch. So far. (laughs) Oh my god, Al! I wish we were watching these together so bad. Me too. I hate quarantine. I know. I liked it, but now I don't like it. We synced a little bit, Christina and I, last night. I was like half an hour out from hers, but we should sync when we watch Joyride 2 that we all started at the same time so we can at least go through it. <laughs> I'd be down. I guess. Anyway, that's what we're covering next week. Congratulations. Honestly, there probably won't be another high. Like, we're just on a slope now. So my, my hope is that 2 is worse than 3. I hope it gets a little better. Not last week. But wow. Who the fuck knows? Who the, I will, I'm familiar with the director of the third one. And he's done better films than The Hitcher three, uh, Hitcher 2. That's all I can say. Wow. <laughs> anyway. Okay. With that, you, you guys have a just reconsider all your life decisions. Yep. I did. Um, I really we'll, did right now. <laughs> we'll be back next Friday. Until then. Geeks. Geeks. Geeks.